the Pro Wrestling Bowl. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three, and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs. 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, Go to four82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's a light years better than our first one. Also, we survived the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. Welcome back to the Working Fans Podcast, episode 134. We have a very special guest. If these guys, Joel and Jose Maximo, did not do what they did in the wrestling business, the style that is all across the wrestling business now would not happen. We are here to talk to the godfathers of the modern style, and we cannot wait to bring it to you. As always, we are brought to you by the Pro Wrestling Vault, 35 stories from across the wrestling landscape, written by Vinnie Barry, available at WrestleVille.com and LanceByChance.com. Vinnie Barry also wrote Lance by Chance, Wrestling is a Von Eric, available at LanceByChance.com. You know, we're brought to you by Graham, by AO Money Meech, available anywhere music is. And guys, honestly, I'm rushing through these reads right now because I'm very excited to bring in our guest. First, we'll bring in the man they call Dave. And next, the guy who is currently communicating with his brother because we have some minor technical issues, the great Jose Maximo. Jose, how are you doing today, brother? I'm good, brother. How are you doing? How are you guys doing? I'm actually texting him right now. (laughs) (laughs) We are so excited for this interview. And me I mean, like I said, the style that is so popular now would not be around if you guys didn't break that ground years ago. And I know Dave has some questions, so I don't sure. want to go back. Yeah, I mean, so you guys set the style, but like, who influenced you? You guys were obviously fans. Who were the Ooh. guys you looked at? We had a variety of guys that we watched a lot of Japan stuff early mm-hmm. 90s. You know, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time was I, I have a top three for me it was Jushin Dung the Liger. Big, huge mark. Like, if I saw him today, I'd probably hug him. I loved Hayabusa and Owen Hart, believe it or not. Was, oh, that's <laughs> I awesome. loved Owen, bro. In Japan days, he was the man. And my was brother gonna... was Dick Togo, Shawn Michaels, <laughs> and Eddie Guerrero. He was a huge ah, fan. That's great shit. That, that explains why you guys have a unique style. You were into a lot of different stuff. There. A lot of different stuff. We always wanted to mix it up. Now, what was it like when you guys started? Because now Japanese wrestling is everywhere. Like, yeah. Anybody can watch All Japan, Noah, New Japan. It's crazy. But you guys, you had to be like on the underground really getting that stuff. And I we know. hear a lot about the 90s, how that Japanese influence came over. MVP talks about it. Yeah. There's a bunch of wrestlers influenced by those tapes. Back then, when we were coming up, it was if you got to Japan, you did it. That's it. That was the gig. You, if, as a wrestler here, in, in independently, if you got to Japan, that's it. That's the big stage for most guys. That was the accomplishment, accomplishment over anything else. I mean, a lot of guys obviously want to get signed to WWE and whatever else, but for us specifically, was doing tours out there, and we got to live it out, man. It was freaking awesome. Uh, we we used to acquire tapes somehow. I had a friend, Chris Devine. 
huge mark of Japanese wrestling. He was the guy who actually got us really to start wrestling. Yeah, got us into wrestling when we were younger. I mean, we all grew up together. Chris Devine, Brian Excel, Red's our cousin. So we grew up in the same mm. households. And Joel, uh, you know, I've known them since we were like eight years old, seven years old, Chris Devine. And Quiet Storm, we met him for the first time when he was 14. I was 15, 14. Yeah, we were about the same age, actually. And that was in the wrestling ring in Brooklyn in an abandoned freaking church. And mm. we, all we ever did was look at Japanese tapes, Mexican tapes. And for a year there, before we started training with Mikey, we were trained by Super Aguila from Mexico. He was there from at the time from AAA or CMLL, and he was training us how to do lucha. So all we knew in the beginning was just lucha libre. We didn't even know how to do American style wrestling yet. You know, it was it was weird. It was a weird transition because that's we started to do lucha, and then eventually that's when we started to train with Mikey at the Hustle Hardcore HWA at the time. Mikey Whipwright. That's when he took us on his tutelage and he taught us how to actually wrestle, how to run how to use footing, cut the ring off, all the basics and all the great things that we do now <laughs> that we learned because we were just like, lucha, 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 lucha. He was like, go well, slow down, relax. Learn how to wrestle first. And that must be why your guys' style is so exciting because if you don't start with American wrestling, if you're starting with lucha, you're already starting with the high-flying, the acrobatics. Yeah. And then if you're influenced by Japan, that Japan and Mexico really seem to go hand-in-hand hand with a lot of exciting wrestling yeah it's mm -hmm. crazy because you can mix it up i mean for me personally japanese wrestling and you guys know kenta kabashi right i'm a freaking mark of him it was mm. all japan days new japan days pro wrestling noah you name it like we watched it all from you know what was it mishinoko pro we're talking yeah, mishinoko yeah. great sasaki draw used to love dick togo that's his idol his hero that yeah. broke he broke his ankle at the Manhattan Center with the Spanish That's another story. That's, that's another a whole different story. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that, that's one of those things. Wow. We were marks of all kinds of wrestling, bro. So, I mean, we was we still students of the art. We love to watch and learn and see how the guys... But the thing that we're sticklers for is not to do what they did, just do our own shit, make up our own moves, make up our own things, leave a stamp. That's that's what we were aiming. And, and look, it's turning out to be all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, quite a comeback. We'll get to that. But, I mean, you guys, you're training with, like, Mike Awesome and Mikey Whipwreck. I mean, yeah. these ECW standouts. And well, then you... Mike, the Mike Awesome thing. I don't know how that rumor. Mike Awesome oh. was a great friend. Mike yes. Awesome was fantastic. We shared yeah. rooms with him up and down the East Coast. But we never trained with Mike Awesome, ever. Oh, wow. I mean, we've gotten beat up by Chris Chetty and yeah. Taz and Mikey Whipwreck beat the shit out of us. But that's it. Not even Taz. It's just Chris Chetty and Mikey Whipper. Well, well Chris Chetty just used to come by and whoop our ass every now and then. And Roadkill. And Roadkill, which just passed by. We were terrified. But other than that, it was Mikey Whipper. It was our only and sole trainer besides Super Aguila that we trained with for a year. Right, and, yeah. What was it like training with Mikey Whipwreck? At first, I think and if anybody else goes through the training we went through, um, they'll quit wrestling. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I guess since we were the last guys there at the ECW House of Hardcore, I guess they had a thing. You know, to see if we'll if they could break us. Almost did a couple of times. <laughs> a couple of times we stood in front of the building and, and me and my brothers would be talking like, damn, should we go in? Should we even go in there today? They'll they'll just make an example. Like for example, one time, Chris Teddy, I love you, bro, but it has to be said. One time <laughs> we were training. Chris Teddy came in and he was mad at something. Something wasn't gonna happen at the ECW pay-per-view that Friday. And he slammed his phone against the wall. You remember that, Jose? Yeah. And then he started he started whipping you off. And close eyeing you, remember? Yep. So my brother's lips just started gushing blood. Then I'm in the corner holding on really tight. I'm a student. And, you know, these guys are superstars. And I can't say shit because I'm next. <laughs> but I held that, man. I held that in. Like, oh, man, one day, one day we're going to get in the ring. I'm going to pay you back for what you did to my brother, you know? And uh, we got to wrestle him plenty of times. And he kicked our ass anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but it was hard. It was hard. He, they used to make us build the ring. I'm build the ring put it in the truck for the ECW shows, then take the shitty ring, put it back, and then go home, not even train. Then come back the next day. We'll do like, how, how long we'll do that? And I want to have a squats and climbing chairs. Yeah, like, Mikey uh, had a specific program. It would break you. It, it was like three hours before we even hit the ring. And we I think we, we didn't touch the ring for three months. Like, yeah. legit. It, training with him was at, at the, probably the best wrestling experience of, our, of my life. He's the man. Mikey Whipwreck, I'm telling you, he's the GOAT. He's the man in my eyes. He's one of the best wrestlers of all time. One of the most underrated wrestlers of all time. I think he well, should go on every Hall of Fame and be praised. You know what I mean? He was. He's the man. Well, I imagine he's got to be in that next indie wrestling 
Hall of Fame class when that comes Joe, around next Joe, year. Joe, Joe, he has to, Joe, because if you look at TV from anywhere from AEW to NXT, you see all of Mikey's students. All of Mikey's students. Zack Ryder, us, Red, the whole, uh, half of the whole, what are they called? The, 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 the scary guys from AEW? Oh, the Dark Order? Yeah, Dark half, Order. Of them are, half of them are Mikey's students. Yeah, right, right. John, right. John Silver, Alex Reynolds, the list goes on, bro. What's the names? The ones that rap. Oh, oh Max the acclaim, Max Caster yeah. and Anthony Bowen. Yeah, I also came out of that same line of Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, which are Mikey students, you know? So it's it just spread out. Mikey Woodback students are all over wrestling. Wow, so you guys are part of like an elite alumni of just we were the first like, five. We're the first. We're the first. first <laughs> we're bro, the first there was students. there was like sixteen students mm-hmm. that went to his school and it's us six lasted at the end. It was Chris Devine, me, what? Quite Red. Fun. Quiet Storm and Brian Excel and Joel. That's it. That's it. Oh, and Shane. Yeah, Wayne. Shane, but, he's the owner of uh, NYWC. That's it. Everyone else started to drop, 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 drop. And that's it. Well, we were the last. I wanted, to, I wanted to be one of those. <laughs> I wanted to drop a couple of times, bro. I was always the heaviest, so you'll pick on me the most. Like, heavy, come here, heavy. Heavy, come here. I was fucking being fat, man. <laughs> but i mean look at it you guys were able to survive that and now you're yeah. on this current like i almost don't want to call it a comeback run but like you guys are coming back harder than ever showing these yeah. young guys yeah. where yeah. the style is coming from thank you bro. that's thank the you. that's the hope man we're hoping to freaking do new stuff now we're crazy we're retarded <laughs> <laughs> That makes it even more exciting. Like, these guys are deep in the game. They don't have anything they have to prove, yet they want to go out there what, what and they want to innovate. But, well, before my brother, Mike Verna, you ever heard of him? Mike yeah. yeah. We had him on the show, actually, a few years ago. Yep. He's my student. He kept asking me and telling me, yo, come back. Get your brother to get back. And then Gringo Loco started hitting me up. And he's like, bro, listen, GCW's on fire. You guys got to come back. Oh, I'm, you I'm got gonna... you got me excited for the world on Lucha now. You guys yeah. got to be on that card, Collective Weekend. <laughs> what? Oh, man. Collective Weekend, uh, is that WrestleMania weekend? That is. Nah, man, we booked up down here. Ooh. Wish, yeah, we booked up down here. We have, oh, I can't say right now. Don't worry about it. We'll that be Friday, glued that, to the computers to see. That Friday, that Friday the 1st, we wrestling some old school cats from Special K and somebody that they're bringing in from Mexico, which is cool. And then that Saturday... We're wrestling a Mexican and two other guys <laughs> called Zoltan for Guts and Glory Wrestling is called. Excellent. Yeah. And we were talking about that before you guys went on the air. You guys are popping up on all kinds of different promotions now. Like any old school fans are, I haven't been able to stop talking to Dave about this. Because like I said, I That's first awesome. became like familiar with you guys on MLW, the original run. Jeez, yeah. And what was that first run like? And I was saying, your guys' promos always popped me. It looked like you were having fun. And yeah. it was just anytime <laughs> you guys were in the ring, I'm like, I have to see this match. That's I, um, awesome. MLW was one of our biggest runs because Core Bauer really believed in our and what we were doing. So he was like giving us all the talent he could, you know, so we could wrestle. And to prove ourselves, at that time, we were very young and you know, stupid. So every, anything that they gave us to do, I'll do. And as far as MLW, I, I think they're a great company. I, I had a lot of fun there. I want to go back. Nobody ever gave us title runs, you know, Dave and Joe, because this is what promoters always said to the SAT. You guys are over. You don't need belts. But champions are what people talk about all the time, you know. So this time around, we want to we want to turn the tide, you know. We're going to collect every single dance rap that we can see. <laughs> yeah, because it feels good for people to tell you you're over enough. You don't need a title. But then the mm-hmm. performer in you knows you're a champion. You we, know we what you guys that. can go out and do. 100%. So like, give us we, we what are. we're due. Like, don't tell us. We're too good for it. Give nah. us what we need. 100%. At, that time, at that time, we we will speak like that, and then, you know, it'll be to the back burner. That's how it was. And this time around, wrestling's changed, and now, you know, it's like people are really doing their research, and people are respecting the fact of, of, of that wrestling is, is a craft and is an art, and what we do is not easy at all. And fans and podcasts like your, like your podcast is what, what drove us back. Like, I want to be a part of this this generation i created half of it <laughs> you know i want to be a part of it i want me and my brothers to go out there and do what we could at, at, at this age this is probably my last one my my younger brother is, is in it now well he has years to go and he's 
is amazing. So nice, so, and I imagine being able to put on your younger brother's got to feel good too. Welcoming, yeah, welcoming yeah, him yeah. in, and just yeah. getting to do it as a family. It's funny because when I, when he first broke in, Jose has stepped out, but they look alike. So <laughs> Will, Will, when we, exactly when we like. He's like a twin. Well, 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 me and Will went out there. We won the belt, and we come to the back. Everybody's celebrating, and we're like, "Cool!" And then he's like, "That's not Jose." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's my brother. It's Will." But he's like, "You guys said it was Jose the whole entire time. I've been telling them they flew him in as Will Max, you know, Will Maximo, the whole thing." And then at the end of the show, he's like, "You're not Jose," and I'm like, "That's still my brother. It's Will. They look, they look just like, bro. It's crazy. It's funny. And that's a scary guy to get mad in the locker room too. Like, <laughs> yeah, no don't sure. go to the shower." wow we'll do all our business in front of people but what was it like to wrestle in puerto rico because you've heard yeah. how wild the fans he, are bro the, 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 first the first time we did a tour right it was wwc same thing right yeah no 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 it was it was icw it was IWA, iwa iwa for Sabio Vega. yeah it yeah. was Sa huge Sabio and Victor Quinones. yeah we were wrestling but we were the heels because we we're from new york they were like, you know, it's just shit on the fans and blah, blah, blah. One night, we were at an arena. It's freaking packed. It's, they, they, they pack house every single night. It's ridiculous. Like 8,000, 10,000 people every single night. So we were at this arena, and I'm standing, and I'm healing the fans in Spanish, talking Spanish, talking the shit, da 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 You know, and I'm telling these people, come down, come and fight. If you're mad enough, come and fight. The guy oh, wow. starts coming. Huh. He must have been like 6'4", the biggest Puerto Rican I've ever seen. He's running <laughs> down the bleachers full speed. So I'm like, all right, cool. I look at the security guard. I'm like, get in front of him. <laughs> security nope. guard disappears. Yeah. <laughs> he wants me to fight the guy. I run to the back. I'm like, dude, what's going on? Freaking fans yeah. are going to come out here. They're throwing battery acid at us. Battery. They beers. They, they're crazy out there. They believe it's not a work. It's real. It's crazy in Puerto Rico. They, you know, yeah. that's, what's, that's what's awesome about wrestling there. Even the heels and babyface don't come out of the same curtain. It's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, you can't even share locker rooms. We used to have to split locker rooms. Yeah. You know, so you well, better know your shit because well, when you we, go to the we, ring, that's we, the first time you see your guy. Yeah, we were in Puerto Rico saying that we hated being Puerto Rican. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's what we <laughs> so, left. So they were we calling left. us sellouts. We they were calling us all types of fucking crazy names. It was crazy, man. I'm sorry. It was a good time. It was just insane. But that Puerto Rico was scary. It was scary. It was <laughs> the whole thing. The whole thing was shady. It was crazy. It was like, if you get out of the line, they'll stab you. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. It's insane. Yeah. Japan, Japan has always been my favorite place to wrestle in. Uh, the whole thing. The, all, all those nine years we spent out there was crazy. Yeah, Japan was amazing. Now, no, how did you guys get to Japan? Was that through Victor Quinones? No, no, it was through Ring of Honor. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was, I believe it was their second show. We wrestled the his squad and the special K and we, we made up the Tower of Doom something. You remember that? Oh, so yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Power super, super. So I was calling that shit out in the back. And the his squad was like, wait, wait. So we power bomb everybody. And we're like, yeah, let's do that. Once we did it, Nakamura was in the audience and he was like, who thought of that? Blah, blah, blah. We were talking to us. And then he was like, oh, I want you guys in 2000. And, and Steve Carino was the booker yeah. there too. So he was. Yeah, Carino was the booker. He's booking a lot of the guys too, which was good. And then we became friends with Tiger Hattori, the referee. Yeah. That's my guy, yeah. bro. That's like, that's, he, <laughs> he lived right by me. I used to go to huh? dinner with that guy. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be crazy to watch him on TV and then have him be the guy that's just hanging out with you. Bro, it was crazy. Yeah. I, I went to dinner guy. with him and my wife. And I brought my wife. I was like, I'm bring, bringing my Remember wife. Remember that? I was there. Yeah, yeah you were there. Is that, the, right, is that when he when they opened the sh the fish scales and you didn't want to eat? I didn't want to eat. I can't. Bro, I'm malnutrition. I, I was bad, man. They, they eat some weird, right? So, but I'm cool with it. It's cool now. I'm a grown man. I was really young back then, anyway. And, yeah, and my wife is, is drinking wine and she's just hanging out, kicking it. She don't realize Japanese custom. If you drink, they'll keep pouring. They'll keep oh, pouring. Oh, they'll keep yeah. pouring. Your cup's never empty. It's crazy. Your cup is never empty. You drink and then boom. You drink and boom, there you go. They'll just sit there. And, and she's like, why is it not going down? And she's already <laughs> <laughs> I was like, stop drinking. 
That's all Japanese, you gotta do. <laughs> Japanese drink way more than than Mexican. And I used to think Mexican men, because I, I we went out to drink drinking with Ricky Marvin and Juventud in Tokyo, and they go drink. They they got really drunk. But they came out Japanese. Ricky Joshu. They're, they're Japanese. Yeah, Ricky Shoshu took oh, man, we're skipping all over the place. I'm sorry. That's so, right. We're so, happy so, to hear any stories you guys. So yeah. so, so so from Zero one, we went to World World Japan. Japan. So we signed a deal with them for a year. It was a great deal. And it was through Tiger Hattori. The owners were Takao Mori, Ricky Shoshu, and uh, Tendru, right? They were the main owners of the company. No, it wasn't Tendru. It was this guy, Power Warrior. I forget his name again. Kensuke Sasaki. So Kensuke Sasaki was the part owner with Ricky Shoshu and Tendru. So, yeah, we got that deal through Tiger Hattori. We were in TNA. At the time, we were signed to TNA. It was like we were bent for about three months. No lie, they had us on the sideline. They had nothing for us, and um, I saw that everybody else was going to Japan: Hamasai, AJ Styles, the Har- Har- Chris Harris, and uh, what's his name, Cowboy Jane Storm. They all started going to Japan. So when this deal came to our table, we told our writer and them to see if they'll let us go for about a month, and they told us no that they had plans. So we waited. Then the second time came around. And me and my brother were talking. We're like, if we go, it's the end of TNA. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. And we look at each other. The money was insane. I'm talking insane. I was like, damn, man. Like, I'm over here 22 years old. You know, I'm like, what do I do? So we ended up leaving. <laughs> we ended up leaving. <laughs> well, by the time, we, the first week that we left, MLW got really pissed off because we had we canceled shows with them. And uh, TNA got really mad. So they sent us our releases at home by the time we got home. And that, that was it for TNA. That was the case. We went to Japan over TNA. Well, we ended up going to Dragon Skate next. We ended up doing Hustle. We ended up doing a old Japan show, and then we went back to Zero One. So we did it. We did a lot in Japan for nine years. Now, what were the early TNA days like for you guys? It sounds like it was almost like for anybody. It was like kind of middle of the road. It was some exposure, but they didn't really know what to do with you. And it sounded like it was almost the springboard to your Japan career. I feel like I got to give more credit to Ring of Honor. I feel like Ring of Honor really put us out there, which was which was up and coming, which we did the first show. We actually told, I said, this, I'm going to keep saying it until they, until they come to me. The, the first time Ring of Honor was even announced, uh, we were on, they did a video of us, the art video. Remember our video used to record and record. Yep. So they, they used to do on the road with, with Super Crazy, on the road with Tajiri, on the road with whoever it was, so he wanted to do on on the road with SAT and do a little American tour, Puerto Rico, etc. So we did. We were like, all right, let's do it. Let's record the whole trip. Let's record on the way to the shows. They got it out. So during that trip, that's when we approached Rob Feinstein. We we're like, why don't you just start a promotion? Yeah. And he was like, oh, I don't know. I was like, dude, you know, every single wrestler, you're dealing with every single wrestler, every single day, promoters, promotions, venues, like, ECW, the whole start, start a promotion. ECW is about it's already collapsed at the time. I'm like, so why not start a promotion and see what happens? And sure enough, he was like, you know what, bro, we're starting a promotion. Uh, ring is going to be called Ring of Honor. We're like, you know what, though, don't don't do the don't, again. This is what we always did. Don't do what everyone else is doing. Make the canvas split like all Japan back in the days. Remember the red and blue? Red and that, was black. Our, yeah. that was our idea. I was our gig, and I said, and don't do turnbuckles. Do the straight turnbuckles like in Japan. No one's doing that in America right now, bro. Yeah. And he was like, you know what? That's that's what they went with. We mm-hmm. we pretty much started the whole shit, the whole idea with it, with Rob Feinstein. I swear, bro, this is this is a real story. You can ask Fred, Brian Excel. They were all there. Ask Takamishinoku if you talk to him. This is legit. He was, oh, good idea. Yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> and, and that's how Ring of Honor actually got birthed. And then we were on the first show because we knew about the first show. We knew who he was booking. Who, you know, he was talking to us about it for a while. And then Gabe came in and then it was starting to, it was a little different story. You know what I mean? Then he kind of took over the bookings and whatever ideas he wanted to do at the time. Which they got mad You know, I'll bring a lot of stand out. Sorry, No, no, go ahead, go ahead, Dave. I was just saying, it makes sense to stand out though. Like you were saying, like nobody's doing the turnbuckles like that. And I think even TNA doing the squared ring at the time, everybody back and then was trying to stand out. And that was like the key. And I feel like that's something kind of missing a little bit now. Even though everything, like I really, the atmosphere is good. Not everything stands out as much, you know. The yeah. yeah, right. That's what we always like to do, bro. Like, I mean, if we if we booked on a promotion, it'll be so crazy because our thinking is outside the box. Hey, how you doing? Uh, you know, it's 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 crazy because we're not we don't want to do what they're doing already. We want to do different things all the time. This is why Hog is doing well. Hog is doing fantastic because they're the same mentality as us. They're always trying to do different things. But yeah. this is, I mean, bro. <laughs> Ring of Honor is, you know, we love the promotion because it did a lot for a lot of guys. 
Would definitely. you guys like to be on? I'm not saying Super Card of Honor, but some of the big shows Ring of Honor might be doing. Would that be? Yeah, be eventually. Cool to see you back there. Eventually, I mean, I think I think we're at the stage where we can probably go back there again and do yeah. some stuff with them. Now, how did you guys feel this year when everything, all the talk started with Ring of Honor, saying they might be closing down? It seems really up in the air right now. As the guys that helped kind of birth them. Does it hurt a little bit to see such a good promotion kind of almost go the way that everybody thought TNA would over the years? Yeah, uh, I got a little upset at, at the fact that uh, we've been talking to them for a while and um, we wanted to get in there before this all happened. And um, now that they said it was going to go down the drain, I mean, it brought it brought a lot of memories to us. I mean, uh, scramble cage, all the all those crazy scrambles, taxi matches that put us in. That shit, you know, stuck with us. I, I love running matches like that. I still do. Like I beg promoters to book us like against three other tag teams. You know, that's that's what I, I like. It. I like the chaos. <laughs> yeah, it's now, definitely. I mean, it's pretty sick. I hope. I heard they're coming back though, right? Like that's they have a they have a show WrestleMania weekend. So. Nice. Yeah, I, I don't. I just think you know what we do. We beat it. We beat it. Beat it out of the Briscoes. Next Saturday. <laughs> I mean, there's so much going on at AEW. You know what I mean? Like Vince signed everyone he can possibly sign at once. That's the plan to try to get rid of the smaller companies, right? Right. And I feel like they felt that pressure because of the pandemic hit. They weren't able to run shows. I, I, I think Ring of Honor will roll back again as soon as yeah, everything opens back up, bro. It's just is you know a legacy. Fans are loyal, and I yeah. believe that if they reopen and start doing it again, fans will flock right back. I almost feel like there's more buzz for the company right now, too, after like everybody heard this talk. Yeah. And you see Gresham going around defending, almost like the old school NWA title. He's going around defending these different companies. It's yeah. kind of like... Briscoe's, too. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. And I think that's great. Again, back to you guys. It's great, too. Now, Briscoe's got this buzz. You guys got this buzz. and Yeah, bring back the Northeast. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, guys, who are some of the matches you've had over the years that have stuck with you the most? Who are some of the opponents you were most excited to get in there with? Who do you think taught you? I got a couple of favorites. Uh, Briscoe's off the top of my head. We had a match in um, MCW, Manager of Wrestling, for the Shane Shamrock Cup. Man, we, that match is like 45 minutes of just action pack. I, I love wrestling them. They're like our brothers in wrestling. It's, it's crazy with them. I also like wrestling Kaz Hayashi and um, Spanky. in. Mm. Also in Japan, that was, that was a good match. match. Yeah, and um, match. Doi, Doi and Yoshino for Dragon's Gate. Uh, that was a great course. match. Eddie Guerrero and Red versus us. That, that was really yeah. Doi and Yoshino match in Dragon's Gate is crazy because I just came off of a broken foot and I was uh, really out of shape. I wasn't like heavy or anything, but I was really out of shape as far as wind and and just it just felt like I couldn't run, bro. I tore my <laughs> I tore my groin muscle the first oh. night on tour. In yeah, Dragon yeah. Gate, and then we had twenty eight consecutive days nonstop, no day, no rest, and I finished the tour limping the whole time, bro. It was the worst pain in the world. It was disgusting. I did. I, I, we did the form, right? The, I did the form powerbomb thing to the outside, and I landed on my hip, and it was on the chair. Boring. No, you la you landed on the chair. It's it terrible. Clear. First day on tour, great the match, part, fantastic. The that was it for me. Part, <laughs> the best part. The best part is the referee. He's like, ah. Uh, SAT maybe too slow. It's like, fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> you can't run. You can't, <laughs> you can't run. even walk. Yeah, man. Now, how do you do the rest of the tour when you know you have that kind of injury? Do you kind of me. tailor your style to it, or do you him? Just... He's crazy, this guy. Me, me, me. I'll take, I'll take everything. I have him to what he needs to do, and um, hopefully he doesn't get hurt. Uh, he does the same for me. He does the same for me. Um, we did a pay per view for TNA. It, we're wrestling Unibrow Mass Striker. You guys remember him? Oh yeah. Yeah. Which did not, that guy's no joke. He's nasty. And BJ Whitman. And oh, wow. we, in the, we got in the ring in TNA. The bell rang and the referee says, take it home. Huh. Right off the back. So we forced ourselves to do a Spanish fly to BJ Whitmer and I blew my knee out. That night, it was a, it was a double taping. So Jose did all the work again. We wrestled the backseat boys after that. And I couldn't, I couldn't run. I couldn't move my, my knee was swollen, like completely underneath my knee pad. It was stuck. It sucked. Then this, this guy, Gives the Sandman my wheelchair to push. Ah, uh, the airport. <laughs> That's not funny, bro. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sandman was high as ass, pushing me through the airport, slamming me against shit, bro. It was not oh, good. Geez. I think we're on the way to Detroit, right? From from the, from from no. Tennessee, we're on the way to Detroit, and Sandman just happened to be on the flight. I'm like, come here, 
Oh, Kevin they have fly CP. Fly CP. Like, oh, yeah, brother. Like, roll him down. This he's rolling. He's being Sandman in the airport. Let's go, brother. Full speed. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to kill me. Yeah, I was scared for my life, Joe. I swear. <laughs> I was. I, I never was so scared. I never was so scared. I was like, I'm definitely gonna get surgery on this thing. This guy's gonna drop me, and he didn't. But it was scary. <laughs> and that's got to be the good thing of wrestling with your brother, knowing that if you're in the match and you're hurt, you have a guy that will no question pick it up for you. I'm sure yeah. any partner would, but it's different when it's your brother. It's almost like nothing has to be said. He just sees where you're at. Yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy. In Ring of Honor, we had a match against, I think it was Jay Lethal and J Dragon. What's his name? Dragon? One of the Special K kids? Oh, oh Insane Dragon. Insane Dragon. Insane Dragon. Bro, I did what? a drop down. I did a drop down. Out of all the shit that we do, I did a drop down. The canvas came in at the same time, smacked my hand. Broken, I, hand. I broke my hand in like six spots. My Ooh. fingers literally turned different yeah. directions. Ooh, I grab my hand, I roll out of the ring, I take my I take my wrist tape off and put it on my hand tight. So I yeah. tell Joel as he's passing by, dude, I broke my hand. His exact words was stop being a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I just broke my hand. <laughs> broke my yeah, hand. I do that. Excuse I do that to him. I do that to I broke my hand. Like, I can't wrestle. He's like, now nah, come on, just finish up. We finished finish the match. We finished. The next morning, we had three dates. So the next morning, we had another mm -hmm. two shows. He was like, oh, we're already out here in Pennsylvania. There's a theme park, Dorney Park. Yeah. I'm like, I, dude, let's go to the doctor. I got to check myself. Like, ah, you're fine. Put ice. I put low, Dorney Park. Loki's in the back. <laughs> he checks my hand down. Loki was like, yeah, it's not broken. How do you know? You're not an x-ray machine. Like, how do you know? Like, I seem worse. All right. I'm swimming in this theme park. I'm, I was like, it might not be broken. It might be right. I might just be a punk about it. So we're swimming, going through my mm. day. Now my hand is a balloon. Yeah. Finally get home to Brooklyn on Monday. And then my wife was like, Yeah, you go to the doctor. <laughs> Look at your hand. It looks like a boxing glove. Like a boxing glove. Sure enough, guess what? Broke my hand. Six different spots. Thanks, Joel. Oh, oh man. I, <laughs> I wore a he split. He sent me the x-ray. <laughs> yeah, I wore a freaking split. I was gonna, I was gonna send them tickets. I'm like, all right, I can't party. wrestle for six weeks. Like, what are you talking about? We're booked Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. <laughs> I can't wrestle. I have a cast. No Don't more, worry no about more. it. We'll just put black tape on it. We'll work around it. Yo, dude, I didn't stop wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> we wrestled. We wrestled all the dates. I showed up to every show. They were like, how are you going to do Spanish Fly? I got two arms. I'll do it with the other one. I don't know. <laughs> it's crazy. You did. you did wrestle on a cast for a long time. For a while. Yeah. Through those injuries, you probably have to change certain things. Did you learn? Like, oh, like, you know, almost learn through the injuries, like how to work matches different ways and stuff? Absolutely, <laughs> brother. You know, it's crazy that. First of all, every wrestler lives on Dr. Google. Every fucking right. wrestler. Anything that's happening to their body, they are, they are on Google trying to search what's happening. <laughs> if they need surgery, it happens. So we, I guess we get used to thinking that we know. So we'll strap here, strap here. And it works. I mean, we go, I've seen many, many wrestlers go out there like beat up and they, they carry on a match. And then they can't walk. But it's crazy. They carry that's out the some, match. Some more Joe's, though. One of the craziest, Joe. So I watched Joe and Joe. That's a machine. But in the ring, he moves like a feather. Yeah. Like, holy snap. Homicide kind of does the same thing. Yeah. These are all Homicide. beat up. Homicide right. Yoda. Yeah, he is. You, you see him outside, he can't hardly move, walk, and then in the ring, he's like, <laughs> he's amazing. It's, it's crazy. I don't know what it is. It just turns on. And yeah. learn, it must you... be one of those wild things about once you know the show's on, you just yeah, do what so you have to do. It switches on. It really yeah. does. Yeah. Let me ask you, Dave and Joe. You guys know more about wrestling. Trust me, you know more, way more than me. <laughs> that move, 3D, was that made by Devon and Bubba Ray? Was that created by the Dudley Boys? First time I ever saw it was with the Dudley Boys. But it's interesting you say that because there were so many Dudley Boys in the beginning. Yeah. But Bubba and Devon are the ones I remember doing it now. I All feel right, like so. they almost must have gotten inspiration from somewhere because they're the first ones yeah. I saw do it. But it's like... Where would they get the idea? No, no, no. They could, they could, they could think of it because we look at all the shit we created is crazy. Like mm -hmm. my my brother created the pop on to the knees. If you ever seen uh, oh, um, yeah. Tommaso Ciampa, yeah. and we act, we actually pressed him on it in Long Island when he before he got signed a long time <laughs> ago. Yeah, because my brother made that up, right? The Beach Breaker. That's my move I made up in 
96, 97 with Genke from Dragon's Gate. He told me he started doing it. And when I when we went over there on tour, he was like, I'm he sorry, do I do it. Orange Cassidy, when I booked him on a couple of my shows in, in Rockaway, New York, and he told me that he uses my move also, which is the beach breaker. Yeah. Then the sun fly, of course. The washing machine. Have you ever seen that one? Not yet. Before, I don't think they do it much. No, no, I'm saying all these creations that we made. So I believe that the Dudleys will pull up a move like that. It's just uh, me and Mark Briscoe the other day were thinking about what tag teams really created their own moves that are right. like are going to live forever. Sort of like Spanish Fly. Years from now, that's it's like a suplex now. You see it in every show. You see it in almost, yeah, almost every show. You see it like three, four times. Spanish Fly. Bro, we went, the, we went at the GCW show. I didn't know. I, yeah, we didn't know that was going to happen. You know, we didn't we didn't know that we were going to create something where a whole generation will use, you know? So so now <laughs> we're comparing what tag teams really brought it out, you know? Like, mm -hmm. the Briscoe brothers, they are fucking amazing. But their finisher is a Doomsday device, right? Yeah. Now, did that come from the Legion of Doom, the Doomsday device? Let's see. It's funny. So I grew up in the 80s, right? <laughs> and that's yeah. like... That's, That's what it. I remember. I That's remember them taking the enhancement guys, flipping them over, and yeah, Steiner Brothers. You ever seen the the electric chair bulldog? Yep. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, yeah, they yeah, made yeah. they made that up, and then yeah. the Steiners also made up the electric chair Frankensteiner. Right. They really made that up. Yeah. So we're trying to separate Frankensteiner. Yeah. No, he, he made up the Frank. No, well, he didn't make up the the Frankensteiner. Yeah, that, I think uh, it was somebody else. No, no, it's called it's called the Frankensteiner. Like it's his name. Like yeah. for real, he did it so nasty too. It was a Rana. Did, it, was a, it was a Mexican that created it. Uh, uh, Hurricane Rana, Rana. Frankenstein are two different things, right? Hurricane Rana is a running Hurricane Rana, right? The yeah. Frankensteiner. It's a jumping catch, spikes you. And this uh -huh. diesel six foot four. When, when did you come up? How do you come up with these details? This is fact, because I'm a mark of, of, of Scott Steiner. He's he's freaking awesome. Uh, and running. he still does it to this day. He's the man. Right, mm -hmm. so he'll jump standing. I do, I've done it a few times. I marked out to him because I, I did it a mark a hundred times. The jump, catch, and then go because it looks funky. It, you know, not the running, if, the running flow one is nice, but it's easy. If you the watch the early Scott Steiner shit, he was doing so much crazy shit that crazy. I don't think he Yeah, like he did like almost like the fall away slam like Scott Hall, but he'd do a backflip sometimes. I saw him do where he yeah, yeah. yeah. while he's still holding on to the he's guy. He's maniac. <laughs> Bro, how yeah, about the, the suplex the spike? The plow driver. Bro, what? Did, did he make that up too? I think so. That's the first time I ever saw that shit. Kind of driver, bro. SSD. Yeah. That guy one is a freaking innovator. One right, thing Joe. I gotta ask is, do you think it's being a fan of Japanese wrestling and seeing the wild moves they do over there that kind of put you, kind of put the Steiners onto these devastating new moves? You're I right. I believe so. I believe so. Japanese wrestling, Mexican wrestling is the Flipping in the theatrics. That's what we loved about it. But Japanese is more of the clean, wrestling, devastating wrestling moves that we didn't see in the States because you never seen anyone besides Dr. Death dumping people on their head or doing German suplex, dragon suplex, you know, the little tiger suplexes, tiger bombs. What is going on? Running powerbomb from Liger. That's crazy. So, so it, go, it goes back to what Joe was saying, though, Jose. It goes back to like, now I started thinking about Banwa. When he came mm. with the band and Owen Hart, that yeah. and that style that they came with is is because I guess you just without you even noticing, you just it just gets implanted in your head. That's what happened with us. We were watching so much Japanese wrestling, we didn't even understand it. <laughs> we, we we didn't. Even, I hardly speak English, and I'm sitting here watching a oh, whole yeah. full Japanese two hour show with my little brothers. Yeah. So so, but that get, that guy, I guess subconsciously it goes into your brain, and and then that's how we started snapping and doing shit that. We wasn't seeing here with fucking Evan Courageous and them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Doing that style in an American way, which is what it is now. It's Plus, so growing funny. up in the Northeast, we yeah. grew up on that WWE style, which is it's a style of wrestling, but it's not as exciting it, as NWA but, wrestling. It's right. not as it, exciting as yeah. that's yeah. it's so funny because WF was making all this money at the time, and I grew up on WF, so it's not a knock. But yeah. Like, my favorite time, like, some of my favorite early shit in wrestling, like, I mean, not counting, like, when I first got in and Piper broke the coconut over Jimmy Snooker's head, but, like, <laughs> later on, like, Terry Funk, Ric Flair, 1989, like, that wasn't even one of the most profitable years for them, but I love that fucking wrestling. The Steiners are starting to come up, the Road Wars you still have. Yeah, you should the love tag team wrestling. You're right, tag you're team right, wrestling bro. at home was crazy for us, bro. Like, yeah. we, we, we thought we were the Rockers. We used to love yeah. the Rockers. 
We used to love, mm-hmm. the, you know, the high flying shit because we were smaller guys. So right. we're like, that's the smaller guys. I mean, they were six one, or that's the smaller guys. You know, Shawn Michaels and and him. We used to love Legion of Doom was crazy, yeah. bro. Seeing these guys, they were superheroes. You know, Ultimate Warrior. But once we got put on mm-hmm. to Japanese wrestling, we're like, who WWE? Yeah. Who? Right, right, WWF, right. Who? We Misawa. We're talking about <laughs> Kobashi. We're talking about what's the guy with the yellow pants? I forget his name again. No teeth. Kawada. Freaking craziness, bro. Tenro that we met, that we wrestled like our heroes. Choshu, that was my brother's one of his heroes. He wrestled them one on one. This is madness. What's happening? It's not supposed to be happening, right? (laughs) These are the freaking guys that shaped our careers for real. Because I got to wrestle, I got to wrestle. Thank God. I mean, we wrestled everybody. I'm talking about everybody. You name it, we wrestled them. But in Japan, I got to wrestle Dick Togo, which is one of my idols. I got to wrestle Ricky Shoshu, which is insane. Me and my brother wrestled Kensuke Sasaki and Steve Madison from Florida. You ever heard of Steve Madison? Mm-hmm. Blue eyes. Name uh, sounds familiar. The indie he, guy. Uh, oh wow. He's inc- he was he was amazing. I mean, in Japan, he was like a superstar. The kid was twenty years old. He had he had like a Mike Verner body, and he was blonde, blue eyes. He was he was like a god over there. That kid. So he they tagged him with like Kensuke Sasaki. He even won belts with them titles over there in Japan. And I got to wrestle and I and of course Eddie Guerrero is, you know, right. one of our idols. And we got to open a relationship with Eddie Guerrero and Chavo and Hector and and Chavo Classic. They they became wow. mentors kind of to us, mm. you know. So yeah, I got he, to wrestle a lot of my idols. Eddie Wrestling Guerrero was, was one of the top ones. Yeah. Like we yeah, became yeah. like like friends, friends. Like he wrote you had about mentioned that in his in the book. beginning. Yeah. Like what yeah, you writing about us in your book, bro? Like that that's you know what I mean? Like it's crazy. That's cool. Eddie, bro. Eddie's the man. God bless his soul. But it, it turned out to be crazy like that, bro. Japan was really fun. We our last tour, I think, was Torimon, right? In Japan. Our last tour was Torimon. Torimon. We yeah. toured with Dragon Dragon's Gate, Dragon's Sorry, Dragon's Gate. We toured with Generico at the time. Pac, the human tornado. Uh, uh, Jack wow. Ev- Jack Evans, right? We were all there, bro. We were all there. <laughs> Those must have been some insane shows. Bro, we were lighting the house. Up That's day, when uh, Human Tornado broke on um, Jack and his whole face. Last day on tour. Broke his, his whole cheekbone. His whole cheekbone caved in. Caved in. He had to stay in Japan. He couldn't fly. Yeah, surgery. He, he surgery. in Japan for like three months. It was wow, bad. That's wild. Yeah, shit you don't hear about, right? It's crazy. <laughs> Human Tornado. With a super kick. You had, you know, Jack Evans. Yeah. The shit he was doing. And then all of a sudden, super kick is what takes you out that day. What? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I remember that with RVD when he broke his leg. It was like on a baseball slide or something. Oh, yeah. Like Liger broke his leg. Remember when Liger did the slide and yeah. broke his leg in half? That was I, broke, I, broke, I broke my ankle doing an Asai Muso against the Briscoe brothers on the MCW match. I, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I did Asai Muso. I hit the guardrail and my ankle felt like my whole, my whole leg got swollen right away. That's one of the days that Jose picked up the slide because as soon as I slid in the ring, we were supposed to do this double team and he was like, Get up, and I'm like, I can't. I think I broke my ankle. That was mm-hmm. it. I broke my ankle. They had it. They had to cut my boot out of my, out, oh, of, my out of my leg. Yeah. Nah, guys, me. thank you very much for joining us. You've been more than gracious with your time. Actually, I want to keep you. I, I, I got one more question. Hold on. I just want to like, what are you guys? What are you most excited about coming up? And also, anything you want to promote? Just with that's that. what I was gonna ask. Tell okay. us about the comeback yep. tour. Let well, us know about GCW. Right, right now. I, GCW, I'm, we're excited about GCW, man. Um, GCW is doing freaking fantastic stuff. I think, I think they they're the next, they're, they're the next up to me, you know. And um, they're, I feel like they already are. They're already there. That company. Yeah, and uh, to put us on our first match day against the Briscoe is really cool, you know. I'm looking yeah, forward good. to that. I'm looking forward to big time wrestling and wrestling the Briscoes and beating the Briscoes. You no know, freaking way we're gonna lose that match and not wrestle mm-hmm. the Hardy Boys. They gotta really drag us out of that ring, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that and and NYWC. NYWC Hall of Fame Psycho Circus is February 28th. Yeah, the NYWC is is our home. HWA, the, my brother is playing HWA to you guys. It was like right right off the House of Hardcore closed, and then Mikey Woodbrack went with Paul Oria from ECW, the the original Giant Killer. He had the school in Long Island, and it was called HWA a promotion. They used to do really really well, and they they're doing a Hall of Fame on the 28th. 28th of this month? Dude, 26. I'm bad at dates. I'm sorry. 26. I, February I 26th some. is the Hall there of Fame. They're putting all the HWA guys in there. Uh, Tony Nese is going to be inducted to the Hall of Fame because that's his school. And me and my brothers, which is cool. And then we're wrestling 
audacity. These kids, they used to go to shows, the HWA shows about 20 years ago and watch me and my brother wrestle. And now they're going to wrestle us that day, which is a big deal for them. It's cool. Now that's yeah. awesome. Do you guys have anything else to promote? Yes. Yeah, anything absolutely. you want the guys expect, to find Jose, you Jose, expect the unexpected, Jose. That promotion is going to be the the deal, bro. ETU you, you ever heard of it? ETU? ETU Wrestling? Is that the one you guys shared today? It's going to be on IWTV, I want to say, in the next couple of weeks? No, no. That's that's the promotion that brought us back. Oh, we okay. Decided, we decided to go there for tons of reasons. You know, the the, the publicity is a, it's a fresh company, and they allowed us to go in there and do what we do. You know, we had this whole spa monkey thing going on with my monkey, so everything's looking great. And, um, and they, they gave us the opportunity to, to do what we wanted to do. So now that I see where they're going with everything, wait until they announce our, our match. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Wait until they announce everything to go. GCW, we're going to wrestle the Briscoes. We're going to beat the Briscoes. And then we're going to go for the hate, the hate club. We want the tag team titles there. We want the Ring of Honor tag team titles. We want the Ring of Honor triple tag team titles. <laughs> we want, uh, yeah, we're just going to clean out. We're going to clean house. Watch out. <laughs> Ooh, guys, that is a perfect place to end this interview. We want the SATs to get the titles that the industry said that they never needed. These guys right. are over, but You're they awesome, deserve man. all the gold. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Thank boys, God. man. Y'all have us back after we win the belt. Yeah. Oh, 100%. With, with my little brother, Will. With, with my little brother, Will. It would be nice. 100%. Yeah. Guys, we would love to have you Jose, back. Jose, I'm a big old-school Scott Steiner mark, too, man. So. <laughs> I love Scott Steiner. That's one, that's one of my favorites, bro. I love that guy. Yeah. Especially the old tag version when he was doing shit. Everybody's like, what? Bro. They didn't even know what was going on. They're like, what is happening? I know where he got it from. He's doing that Japanese stuff. I'm telling you, bro. These, these are the guys that shaped us. I forget. So many great wrestlers, bro, that you sometimes you forget. You, you yeah. think of old school wrestlers, bro. You know, these guys are fantastic. Even Ted DiBiase was the man. Oh, yeah. And people slept. I was going over spots with my brother the other day. His placement, his footing was freaking sick. Bro. I'm like, yo, this guy was the man. That's why he was there, though. And, and, you know, at the time, most people loved the Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan. Sure. All right, the over guys, right? But th these are the guys we used to watch. For some reason, we were attracted to the Bret Hart and the Owen Hart in WWE because we, we started to Mr. learn Perfect. about real wrestling. I'm not yeah. saying the other stuff is not real wrestling, but, you know, we're marks of the art. Yeah, when you get to see real work rate in the ring, that's what gets your heart going as a wrestling fan. I know. And it's hard once you start wrestling and become a wrestler and you know wrestling, it's hard to watch wrestling. Mm. It's, it really is because now you're finding yourself, instead of enjoying it, you're uh, critiquing it, and you're yeah. ah, that sucked. Oh, that's oh, he blew that. And you're like, dude, just enjoy it. Like when we went to the GCW show, it was cool because my favorite match in the whole night was Zack Ryder. I freaked, yeah. I was marking out. I was like, I think Zack Ryder is my new favorite wrestler <laughs> because, <laughs> bro, I, I we've seen all the, like they they killed it. Most of the matches were crazy. They were awesome, but I just like old school. I don't know, and we don't yeah. even do that type of shit. We do the high flying crazy shit. But I don't I do that shit no more. Match. Yeah. <laughs> See, I thought you were gonna say that lucha tag, that lucha team match was gonna be your match. But hearing Zack Ryder, that's interesting because that was just pure pro wrestling. wrestling. Get the fans yeah. riled up. Go yeah. in there, give them the the story thing. behind it. Remember the the nut shot where he had his wife give him the nut shot. Yeah. And oh, and you she, thought Joey turned on her husband up and then so she pushes him the and show. he takes the pay for nuts. Genius. And the little Easter eggs too, like Hawkins coming out spearing, which is a callback the to when Edge. Edge did that one time. Yes, yeah, right. It's did like, you yeah, yeah. he he even wore the helmet. It is cool, man. They're, they're really cool. His yeah. in ring entrance was Mikey Whipwreck's dragon shirt. You notice that? That's no, right. I did not pick yeah. up on that. No, now that you knee, say that, yeah, bro. This is I love wrestling. His white knee pads represented Mikey's tights, and the blue knee pads the way Mikey used to wear them on his shins instead of the shin. knees. So, but he actually wore knee pads because he wears the trunks. But zoom into it. Check in. Check into his Twitter and I and the Mick Foley shirt, obviously. Yeah, yeah. It's all Easter eggs for for you know marks like me. Oh yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, uh, his wife had the four sixty, which was like Francine used to wear that. The whole yeah, yeah, thing. yeah. That was cool. Oh, yeah. 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 He's 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 on his way. I feel like he's. This is gonna be his decade. I guys, yeah, that attention to too. detail is why we're gonna have the Maximos back. <laughs> Yeah, yeah Joe, thank, thank you guys Joe, for having Joe, us. Joe, Joe, hold on, Joe and Dave. I want to ask him a question. Sorry, right? I, we talk what, a lot. I'm sorry. Man. What, what is what is your favorite double team that me and my brother do? If you have one, it's funny. Like you talked there about, you it, it's not even the, like the, just a double the DDT, team, right? Well, the DDT. I, I like that. I like the. Oh, I'm always a fan of a good DDT. But 
you guys kind of, as far as I know, too, and it's not really just a double team, but it's like the, the Tower of Doom. For everybody yeah, yeah. Kind of yeah. Because that was so fucking insane. And, like, I remember watching that in the old school TNA days, which, funny, by the way, too, with the old school TNA days, I was going to say, I know, like, how wild it was, but, like, I remember watching those pay-per-views, and then, like, what I loved about it, the damnedest thing, like, Vader shows up one week. Dusty Rhodes shows up one week. I couldn't imagine. Yo, like, bro, I, was, I was such so a mark of Vader, bro. Like my yeah. thing was always my thing was always the power bomb. That's why I'm always doing power bombs and shit like that. So, <laughs> I, so I'm, not weird. Big as, I'm not as big as Vader or Mike Awesome, but they became our friends. So I used to just like be like learning everything from these men. Everything they everything they spoke about made sense of why they do these moves and how they do these moves, you know. Mikey Rupert told me and my brother real quick. Uh, we went to do a CCW show. CCW show, we had the Briscoes because me and Red, Jose couldn't make it to the first show. So Red took his spot. So it was me and Red versus Jay and Mark. I couldn't Briscoe. wrestle. I was too young. That, that was the first time. That me was the first Mark. time. We, hold up. That was the first time we ever met the Briscoes ever. And we clicked right on. The next show, it was me and Jose. And Mikey Rupert said to me, he was like, look, all you got to do is that clothesline that Chetty didn't give you guys in the ring. Mm-hmm. And nothing else. Just do a hard close eye and the fans will go crazy. I did that, bro. And it worked. And he changed my, my whole game set. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, everything that I'm going to do that's powerful is going to make sense at the time that I'm going to do it. You know? And if I can do it. Because sometimes, you know, guys are in there. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but anyhow, brothers, have, have us back. I'll tell you the story of how I broke Big Togo next time. How I broke Dude, <laughs> that'll be the hook for next episode, guys. We will have you back. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you so much. Good night. Yo, Joe yeah. and Dave, you guys are fucking cool, man. Thank you. And if I see you guys in the live shows, we owe you shirts, so we got you, all right? 100%. We will see you then. Yeah. Peace, fellas. <laughs> all right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram working fans wrestling underscore pod and then as always please continue to listen to us on anchor.fm google podcast spotify breaker overcast pocket cast radio public all your major platforms if you're following us on apple Podcasts, which we are also on now and youtube please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating it helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week 